Coming up on the Magnificently Huge podcast, we go after Remo Williams. The adventure begins because uh, everything's horrible. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey listener, and welcome to episode 152 of the Magnificent Huge Podcast. This is Chris, and this week, along with Eric and Brian, we're going to dive into what is presumably a cult classic adventure movie. It's called Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, so that ought to tell you something. If not, don't worry. It's available on Amazon, for starters. This thing came out in 85, stars Fred Ward, Joel Grey, and a bevy of other people, including Wilford Brimley, I might add. Basically, it's a pulp series of novels that they turned into a feature film that they hoped would become what's called a blue-collar bond, an all-American bond. It's an adventure thing with an assassin that works for a shadow government organization. Well, it's really not very clear, even in the movie itself. Uh, Basically, you get a lot of whitewashing with a white actor playing an Asian man that uh, still doesn't sit well 35 years later, and even at the time it was questionable. Uh, So we're going to get into that a little bit as well. Uh, Mostly it's an action movie that uh, is devoid of much action. That's the the short nut of it, and uh, that's what we're going to dive into. So hopefully you will enjoy our perplexed thoughts. If you like what you hear, send us an email, magnificentlyhugeatgmail.com. Well, we love to hear from you, really. Uh, Complaints, kudos, show ideas, recipes, whatever. Just send us something. Why don't you? We'll get back to you. You can reach out to us on our Twitter feed, at MagHuge. We're on Facebook, Magnificently Huge Podcast. Instagram, Magnificently Huge Podcast. Uh, So like our feeds, like our pages, share us around, give us thumbs ups, interact with us, leave comments, whatever you want to do. And then, uh, you know, head on over to our website, MagHuge.com, where we have links and stuff. And then you can catch us, obviously, wherever your podcasts are purveyed. But you're listening to it right now, so you know exactly where to find it. And we thank you for that. So without further ado, we're going to just dive right into a movie that, uh, honestly, we didn't care for. Uh, And we are sort of bothered by this. So here's the crew talking about Remo Williams. The adventure begins. That's kind of presumptuous, too, that title. I'll tell you what. The Howdy Doody Show, the Howdy Doody Show, we do, we do, we do, dee 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 dee. <laughs> Give me a C, a bouncy C. <laughs> <laughs> and here I came to do a podcast with my fellows, Eric and the Brian. Da da dee, da da. Okay, never mind. That's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, the bouncy C stands for Chris. That was, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Martin Short uh, fan I am the from Brian of which he speaks, and that other guy's Eric. <laughs> yeah, that that would well, be me. Welcome to the show, eh? Uh, hey, it's a week. Been a week. Tell you what, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a week. Uh, oh, geez, I didn't you know. there in the in the future who live with the American Nazi Party running the country? This is back when we thought, oh no, it's happening. Well, for you, it's happened. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, for us it's 1984. For you, it's 1987. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, is Portland on fire yet? Just uh, curious. Not yet. 
okay. yeah, I'm sure the tanks are rolling in. Oh yeah, they there was a uh, a pro Trump car rally that came rolling into town from uh, Clackamas to Portland. Uh, I guess after like some Trump person got shot. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, mm. yeah, it's it's a mess. Uh, so now we have very dead people on both sides. Yeah. yeah. So the, oh. it's a shooting war now. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah. And plus all the sports uh, decided to not play. They wanted yeah. to do a, like a walkout sort of deal, which and, many pointed out that it's not a boycott. It's a strike. Because when you <laughs> boycott it, you're not buying anything. If you're striking, you're the product. That's the, and, the difference. Yeah. And, 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 and Trump's response was, they'll regret that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah it's been a well it's been 2020 uh we also lost chadwick boseman uh star yeah. of black panther who mm, apparently nice. had colon cancer the entire time he was making those movies well like, and, yeah. Yeah. and nobody and, knew yeah and it was like i think it was like jackie robinson's birthday or something when he died and he played jackie robinson in the yeah. movie or there was some meaningful jackie robinson related day interesting on the day he died but yeah so, uh, yeah, another one bites the dust. So. 2020, a year that actually will be in history books. <laughs> Can I? <laughs> really? Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing that uh, um, Ass Clown said at his, you know, bizarre week-long rally that was not a convention because they completed all that crap on Monday. No, um, it, was the, it was literally the, the great and powerful Oz. It was that yeah. scene for three nights. Mm-hmm. He said, because, th- you know, there was a lot that was said that was like, oy vey, oh, oh. Um, but the thing that got me the most is we, we're going to have patriotic education in Ooh. our schools. Does that not sound exactly like what that sounds like? That's, we're going yeah. to. Um, <sighs> no, it sounds exactly right. Yeah. Well, oh. I just like that the main flow Jesus. through from that whole debacle shit show was that only Donald Trump can save you from Donald Trump's America. Yeah. I mean, that's like the most back words fucking tactic I've ever seen. It's like, this country is a shithole because of Joe Biden who has yet to be elected. But yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. what are you talking it, about? It makes no sense. It makes no it sense. It was actually uh, an editorial published in, I think, the Washington Post um, that that went off. Uh, on that whole tangent it was it was genius and i'll read it like a parasite any bad things happening now were sent by joe biden from the future Do not be fooled by <laughs> yeah. the fact that they're happening in the present yeah when donald trump is president they're not yeah. happening now they're a preview yeah. of what will happen yeah. when joe biden is president. that's yeah. that stupid time traveler yeah Ugh. <laughs> so yeah i'm i'm kind of fed up this week so uh anybody want to talk yeah. some fresh shit yeah this shit is fresh So, um, I got a few things going to be a little all over the place. Um, I sent you guys a link earlier and I'll, I'll post a link in the, in the show notes to this. So the aural knots who have had an, a killer string of star Wars, uh, videos and, and still you should check out the aural knots star Wars, uh, saga, but, um, they've got a new take on star Wars in which they're basically, um, they took the empire strikes back and show how the, all the new Star Wars movies have made the old movies worse by by way of making a special edition to like reconcile all of the things that are like scraping in your brain when you watch Empire Strikes yeah. Back now and it's just it 
it's just amazing how every little what they basically do is they put words in Darth Vader's mouth, right? <laughs> and okay, and by by making every correction, they just make it worse and worse and worse. <laughs> so just, and, I mean, it's, it feels like what George Lucas tried to do with the prequels and failed miserably, yeah. and now it's just that's sort of the thing now. How do we go back and fix this? Yeah. Well, a uh, if it's from the original series, it probably doesn't need fixing because who gives a shit. They're good as they are, but no, you, now you got to tie in your bullshit into, <laughs> into the, what came before. There's That's a sequence where, um, the, you know, the scene where Darth Vader is in his little egg thing in Empire Strikes Back and one of the admirals is, is just kind of looking on and they stretch it out. And so it's just like that guy just like patiently just tolerating what Vader has to <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> and he has this whole, I'll, I'll drop the clip here. He has this whole thing about how R2-D2 is potentially responsible for the creation of the Galactic Empire. <laughs> and he needs to be dealt with seriously. Yes, my lord. He may look like any other droid. But his deeds are legendary. When I took down a Trade Federation battle station as a child, he was by my side. Yes. He was responsible for halting the production of battle droids on Geonosis during the Clone Wars. He was instrumental in our rescue of the Emperor from the clutches of General Grievous. It is not an exaggeration to say that the Empire might not exist without the actions of R2-D2. I mean, it makes as much sense as anything in Rise of Skywalker, let's be honest. <laughs> it's funny that Kathleen Kennedy is now blamed for how badly those last three movies went. And so people yeah. to the point people are going, Hey, good news, I hear George Lucas is doing an edit of the it's like, <laughs> You mean the guy who fucked up the last batch? Yeah. I mean, First of all, no, he isn't. Second of all, you can't salvage that movie with an edit. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally like it's it basically people getting excited for something like the Snyder cut of Rise of Skywalker. I right. Mean, it's just yeah, like right. it's not going to matter a lick because the movie had faults going into it. And yeah. there's As I no way to fix it. it. Zack Snyder had full freedom while making Batman v Superman. You know, that entertainment juggernaut. It's like it's not going to make it better. Yeah. So. Oh, the Snyder cut is four hours long. Which, apparently, yeah, and which is necessary. Yeah, yeah I yeah. really want a, a superhero movie like that where I can't yeah. see. I mean, you know, we have to watch the damn thing. No. Come on, we're no, gonna have still. to. I mean, yeah, I I'm, agree. I'm, I'm waiting for Eric to magically watch it one night and then text us. You know, it really wasn't that bad. And then we learn that he's basically <laughs> hopped up on Nyquil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Speaking of DC Cinematic Universe and HBO Max, I have a show recommendation. Okay. Holy crap, the Harley Quinn cartoon show is awesome. That's what I hear. I, I, you know, I kept seeing reviews like, this thing is strangely great. And I'm like, nah. Oh. Isn't, it, uh, isn't it Kaylee Cuoco and, is the voice? Yeah. Okay. And I, I watched it and it's hilarious. It's it's like the animation is reminiscent of the old, you know, Paul Dini Batman series, you know. Right. And and the guy who's been doing Bruce Tim. Um but the pacing and the sort of devil may care sensibility is really informed by Rick and Morty. Oh. Okay. So this is this is like DC Universe being shredded Rick and Morty style <laughs> and it's <laughs> 
Okay. Just hilarious. Um and and it's it's done with love like Kite Man, the the stupid ass bad guy named Kite Man who's literally been given the backstory of his name is Charlie Brown and he gets stuck in trees in in the real DC comics <laughs> is referenced in this show. That sounds um, very very tickish actually. It, yeah, there's definitely some tick, but the other thing about it is that they're completely uncensored, so it's really vulgar. Like Lots okay. of f bombs. Nice. A- and when when uh, Harley Quinn busts out the bat and starts beating dudes, it's pretty violent, you know. <laughs> so, oh, okay. is it a version of Harley Quinn that we just haven't seen on screen before? I mean, it starts with her breaking up with the Joker. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's a whole new Harley Quinn or whatever. I mean, it's a whole DC universe we haven't seen before and they and it's not just the Batman universe. It's the DC universe. Okay. You know. So the whole through line for the first season is, you know, she's trying to strike out on her own and get herself into the Legion of Doom and be taken seriously, but like no one wants to be her goons cuz they're sexist and you know, it's That's, it's just ridiculous. It's so weird to me that this is like the youngest character in that whole universe and it was created for the cartoon show yeah yeah and now it's like its own gangbusters big time i face of the i don't like her as a character most of the time this is easily my favorite version of harley quinn okay and she's she's shacked up you know as roommates with poison ivy and basically ivy is the ego and harley quinn is the id and harley quinn is just completely crazy just total instinct and ivy is like really really the only thing i don't like about harley quinn is she basically takes the like one of the best uh villains in dc and turns him into like a puss who you know is worried about his girlfriend this is this is a psychotic killer this is the clown prince of crime and he's got a girlfriend what well so the premise of this show the joker was never into her in any way, shape, or form, really. The Joker is obsessed with Batman. Uh-huh. Um, but not in any weird and way. This is her trying to actually, like... Oh, in the weirdest process, way. <laughs> process the reality <laughs> that the Joker was never into her, and she was just a useful idiot to nice. the Joker. Mm, so she's okay, that shacked, makes more sense. So she's, yeah. so she's living with Poison Ivy. They, I wonder if they will revert to some sort of weird Laverne and Shirley motif at some point. Because oh, you know that's I, I, ripe for they it. They absolutely have. I mean, it's it's a silly, silly show. Okay. Uh, like who? Like yeah, who? If you've got HBO Max, you should check this out. Like is who it, in the DC universe is going to show up? Like Lenny and Squiggy. That's what I want to know. Well, Poison Ivy lives with like essentially Audrey too. Okay. Uh, this plant that was a guy who had you know turned into a plant because of her pheromone thing or whatever. Um, you know who's kind of playing that role, but also. Eventually, Harley does get goons. Like, uh, okay, actually, Squiggy is basically um, King Shark, which is just a giant fucking shark guy. With legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And arms. Yeah. Okay. And he's is, a computer whiz and a really nice worth dude. Is getting uh, HBO Max to watch this? Because I'm not gonna. Get HBO Max when the Snyder Cut comes out and watch it then. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have to do that. <laughs> there you go. At, for yeah. a homework um, assignment in like a year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I, I get pass. it for free because I have AT and T for my cell phone provider. So 
So yeah. because you have to put up with their shitty service, you have to have HBO. You get HBO Max. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> and then, yeah, I get cell phone service from the company that has Telegraph in their name. I think not. Yeah. So AT and T stands for Attempt to Talk. Ah. Um. Anyway. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'll I'll leave it there. That's plenty of fresh shit for me. What do you guys got, <laughs> Eric? Uh, not much fresh shit, honestly. I've been watching reruns, uh, but because we have Disney Plus, I've been, yeah. <laughs> I've been re-watching Marvel movies. Uh, I, I haven't tried that yet. Oh, I'm on the, I'm on the been, fence. I'm go- I, yeah, I've been leaning in that direction. I've been going in backwards. Uh, so I watched, <laughs> nice, I nice. watched Endgame and, okay. uh, um. Endgame. Which is, it's funny, I, I saw a thing on, on YouTube, somebody pointed out that the entire story of Endgame is stolen from an episode of Voyager, where they do the same thing. And the name of that Star Trek Voyager episode, Endgame. Weird. Learn something yeah. new every minute on this but, show. Yeah, I, I, I'm watching them and I'm like, you know what, I, they're, still, they're still okay, but I, I think I've... It's not like I've only just figured it out, but it's really that they are B-movies, but with huge budgets and really good actors. I mean, the actors are very good. They're delivering this shit seriously, and that's why they work. It's not because they're actually good. If you look at the stories on their surface, but you cast it with Robert Stack and you shot it in black and white with guys in rubber costumes, it's it's mystery science theater. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But it's uh, for 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 the the production value for the show they put on. That's what's so great about them. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's we actually have the technology to do a believable real world quote unquote cartoon. Yeah, right. These stories that have been in the comics. Um, I think actually that's why the Zack Snyder movies don't work is because they depart completely from reality, so that you don't. You, you, you there's 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 no connectivity you can't you can't um how can i put this if if it was too far flung the 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 fantasy if there was no connection to reality you, you can't have a human connection to it which is what those Zack Snyder films are they're like beyond dark and they don't make any sense yeah. The Marvel movies, it's like everything makes sense and everything is actually very pedestrian, except that the guy has a suit where he can shrink down to to a really small guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a teen comedy, except for the fact that the teen can like shoot spider webs. It's yeah. well that's that's what I like about the sort of the overall MCU is that while they're all of a piece, they still manage to get enough unique to that particular movie as far as tone and content so that you're watching basically the same movie that you've seen a hundred times now, but it's just different enough to where you don't mind. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause they do, like you say, they do the teen comedy, they do the heist film, they do, you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah. everyone is just slightly different than the last as far as the content. So it's just like reading a comic book series. Like this series, it's still a superhero, but this one's gritty and streetwise. While this mm-hmm. one's all highfalutin space adventure. You know what I mean? It's uh, they managed to to understand the source material enough to actually right. filter that into the films. 
So if so, like if they did work in uh uh like Beaver Girl to kill Thanos, that would have been you know the Squirrel Girl, <laughs> Squirrel, Squirrel Girl, Girl. Sorry, Squirrel Girl, Beaver <laughs> yeah, Girl. That's makes a very more different sense. movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, or if Legion, or if Legion had been around, then it would have been like a fourteen-hour-long movie. Yeah. And, and 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 Thanos finally would have just said, "Oh fuck it, I give up. Whatever." Oy so fey. Jesus, so, I don't know what you're talking about, kid. You're insane. So how many of you watched from Endgame backwards? Where are you now? Uh, I finished Ant-Man. I, I only did two of them so far because, oh. like, they take a while. You so, you're not, so you're not watching chronologically backwards. You know, you're just... we, we still haven't done our, our I Phase I was. 3 episode. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp is between uh, the two. Avengers movies, right? So, and yeah, there's a right. Spider-Man yeah. in there somewhere, I think. Okay, yeah. but I get, uh, yeah, I'm all mixed up now. The 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 other thing I did, I did finally watch all of the Mandalorian. Okay, very good. It got way better as it went along. I will grant I, that. Yeah, I I I mean, I like that it was. <clears throat> they do what Star Trek tried to do with Discovery and fail that utterly in having an ongoing story arc for the whole season mm-hmm. but they did it by not concentrating on it they yeah. they it was basically a series of one-off episodes um but there's this thing going on in the background that takes place over the whole season that's how you do it you don't make the whole show a soap opera with an ongoing ongoing story well so this is the influence of dave filoni Right, Dave Filoni is the guy who's been doing all the animated shows, the Clone Wars and Rebels mm. and um, Re- Resistance and, and all of that. Um, and he's he's on the Mandalorian. You want to know who's going to be given the reins of Star Wars long term? It's Dave Filoni. He kind of yeah. already has them. Um, and yeah, it's it's so that was the thing about the Mandalorian to me is like tonally, it was a Saturday morning car- kids show. Right. Right. In that each one is kind of a self-contained story, but there are these arcs that thread their way through it. Yeah. But but it works. And boy, the other thing is that it's very Star Wars-y in that they have pushed forward the technology for special effects. And they've done it in a way that allows them to make this on a TV budget with that crazy set that is all motion-tracked Unreal Engine 4. (laughs) <laughs> the one thing that makes it weird though is like there's there's not enough time to be concerned with anything. It's like so many episodes ended where I'm like, oh, oh I guess we're done. Because yeah. <laughs> like Well, yeah, uh, that's the format. I, like the whole setup. Yeah, oh no, no, I get that. But like the jailbreak episode, which with Bill Burr, <laughs> which I thought was great. Yeah. I mean, think of it. That's it's a like, Doctor Who episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. basically. It's five actors, one set. And just running around, but it's like there's a lot of setup, and then when it's over, it's oh, oh okay, I, okay, I guess we're done, you know. Well, but on the other side of that though, is that they've got enough freedom to just play with it, and like you say, they're not concerned so much with the the through line, because you mm-hmm. get to the one episode where it's almost like a ten minute scene with the two stormtroopers uh, talking. I love back and that. forth about bullshit, you know, <laughs> and it's like there's no other show that would even try to do that because it doesn't really have any bearing on much else. But yeah. it's just a fun, fun scene, and it's hilarious. It actually uh, made me think of Troops. Remember yeah. Troops? Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think might have been their yes. inspiration. Yeah, uh, 
But I remember when that came out and <laughs> Jason Sudeikis is like, okay, everybody stop sending me hate mail, okay? It wasn't real. I wasn't really hitting Baby Yoda. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. He's like, so, yeah. But I like that they just had enough room to, to play in the sandbox and they weren't really yeah. concerned because they knew they had a built-in audience. I mean, Disney Plus, it's Star Wars. I mean, who gives a shit? Uh, and yeah, they just but if went you get it, it wrong, you, you never hear the end of it. I mean, yeah. Well, here, here's the thing I love about the most. It's a Star Wars property with no Jedi. Yeah. And yeah. thank you. Can we finally just explore the Star Wars galaxy without the Jedi constantly <laughs> think, fucking it all up? I think yeah. we're gonna. Yeah. It's good times. I, it's, it's the thing, you know, it's actually one of the things I liked about, um, 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 the last Jedi was the last Jedi first of ryan johnson yeah that one what i liked about that was nothing special about jedi and okay this shit's everywhere there are all sorts of people who can do this stuff get over it Mm -hmm. yeah which i guess another another way they walked that back is by having no one in this universe know what the force is i heard rumors of stuff like this but jesus (laughs) yeah which doesn't make any sense continuity wise because when you watch rogue one you've got donnie yen's character who's almost a jedi yeah. Uh, and he's pretty much doing most of the stuff Jedi can do physically. Yeah, he's physically. sensitive, but he's yeah. had no training. Uh, so they already set it up, and then they just completely abandon it by the third movie, Rise also, of Skywalker. like, three quarters of the, of the galaxy says, may the Force be with you. Like, you know, they're saying, have a nice day. It's yeah. like, at some <laughs> point, someone's going to say, where's that come from? Oh, yeah. oh well, it's a whole yeah. thing. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Uh, word. Yeah, that was another thing the oral knots did with Yoda and Luke talking, and Yoda's like, you know, it's it's weird that you didn't know I was Yoda. I was like head of the Jedi Council and a general. This this I'm, stuff is well documented. I'm kind of a famous guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> uh, okay, that's all I got. Wow. Okay, you sure? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck on the MCU stuff. Let Thanks. us know how that goes. <laughs> Bring, we got to do that that phase three. Get yeah. them clicks. That's Which something. wait wait and phase three remind me again. That's 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 the one with Thor uh, Ragnarok, right? Yeah. Ragnarok is part of th- phase three. Okay. Yeah, phase yeah. two ends with the first Ant Man movie. Yeah, and then I think Somehow. was I think Thor Ragnarok was it the first one in the phase three? I can't remember now. No, I have to look at the map. It's basically yeah, the one where we clean up all of our major players. Yes. Uh, uh, things. Yes. Yeah. I think okay, it started yeah. with Doctor Strange, maybe. I yeah, something anyway. like that. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just, just for my clarification. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've not also been doing much. Uh, I have found on BritBox. I think it's on Amazon as well, because I never watched it first run. Uh, I've started watching Red Dwarf, the BBC show. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Which is very much a spiritual cousin to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, because uh, it's just this goofy adventure set in space, uh, but it's got a very eccentric cast of characters. But it's like a a cult show from the BBC had like six series, but I just yeah. never watched it, and so I finally said, "Oh fuck it, I'll go back and watch." But it's Didn't uh, you start making more recently. Yeah, like a new one has just come out apparently, which I had no idea. Uh, but the whole premise is basically it's a mining ship in deep space and on the first episode one of the, like the third class technicians is kind of a slacker fuck up uh, Dave Lister and his partner 
uh, who's a guy named Arnold Rimmer, who's just a total douchebag, but also a fuck up in a different way. Uh, basically, Rimmer becomes a, a hologram through the course of the, sh- the next throughout the rest of the series because Lister uh, gets thrown into stasis because he fucked it up and then is reawakened three million years later to find out that the ship had like a nuclear explosion thing that killed everybody that was the fault of Rimmer who is now a hologram (laughs) recreation of his former self so he's like got no physical being but he's basically the the AI and And it's Rimmer in every other way evolved up into yeah yeah yeah, and Lister's cat evolves into like a humanoid creature that's basically just a cat. Uh, yeah. And they're they're the only ones on the ship, and then the AI is like a Marvin the the paranoid android kind of thing, uh, where he just <laughs> takes them around, and they get in all these weird, wacky deep space adventures, and then wind up on alternate dimensions on Earth, and blah blah blah. It's a really weird ass show, and it's very dry. It's very very British, and I just, there's sometimes you're watching going, how is this, what is, I don't understand what in the fuck is going on, but I'm liking it. I'm digging it. I, I've never understood the appeal, but I mean, I like the show, but yeah. I've, every, every insane girlfriend I've ever had was really into this show. <laughs> that explains it was almost so much. like, yeah, it was almost like, 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 like a, 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 a scent of zany. If, if they yeah. like this show run, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, like the, the third series, I just watched the first episode and basically they wind up on an alternate version of earth, uh, where time is running backwards. And so everybody talks backwards, everything happens backwards. So instead of like eating food, you're like throwing food up out of your mouth back onto the plate kind of thing. And, uh, (laughs) and they, they arrive in tenant. Uh, or something. Something, I guess. Don't tell me yeah. nothing about Tenet. Don't tell me nothing about I haven't seen it. Tenet. I just know that that's so I don't know anything about Tenet, and I want yeah. to keep it that way. Yeah. So, yeah. but th- So, there's, like, one episode where it's just backwards. There's, like, one episode where they go back in time, and the woman that Lister was in love with is actually married to him now, but it's a five-year version of himself, like, in the future. And, and then, like, so now there's a time loop that he's got to figure out. Uh, I guess it happens later in the episodes. Uh, I mean, it's just, they do a lot of weird, just, they don't, they don't, they don't care. It's like, we're going to be as just strange and fucked up as possible. And it's all going to make sense at some point. Maybe. I mean, it's like, it's very strange, uh, but very much owes a debt to hitchhikers, very much owes a debt to like Dr. Who, uh, and that sort I've of never, thing. I've never managed to like tune into it and have it get its hooks into me. I've seen in clips, but it's never really gotten me. Yeah, uh, I'm like, uh, it's it's amusing enough, and I'll uh, stick with it, because it's, you know, there's only like six episodes a series, and there's like six series, so it's, you know, it's not so a it's lot. it's manageable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. But it's got a weird cult following, and uh, that's the other thing I'm trying to figure out, is like, <laughs> why? But... Uh, <laughs> But like an early episode, like Craig Ferguson just shows up randomly as one of the guest <laughs> characters, and it's like, what in the hell is going on? I mean, it's just so weird. Uh, and then one of like in the pre-fatality Red Dwarf past, uh, one of the crew members is the guy that plays uh, Mr. Weasley, the dad on uh, Harry Potter, but he's like thirty-five years younger, and uh, <laughs> and he's just kind of a douchebag. It's weird. It's just there's all kinds of strange stuff. So 
Yeah, I've just been uh, trying to rip through those because it's it's just odd and it's a good way to pass the time and uh, you know, fun. I guess maybe fun. I've I've given up all hope of anything interesting happening entertainment yeah. wise. So you Sp- know. Speaking of which, a uh, programming note and or apology. Uh, so we're recording this at the end of August, twenty twenty. Uh, the movie theaters actually have opened back up here in Arizona, and I'm usually the one who's like, I'm going to go to the movie theater at least once a week and see the... That is not yeah. happening. Nope. Just because the theaters are open, nope. I'm not going. Yeah, so not until, until we figure out our scuba gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's really it for me. I just didn't do much this week at all. So, yeah. And that's the fresh shit. Fresh so uh join us now as we head back 35 years into the past to 1985 uh for what is arguably a cult film i'm surprised yeah. that some people still don't know what this movie Th- is there's a, there there's a cult about this film uh, oh yeah. yeah apparently there's a lot Dude, of people Rima that love williams somebody, Rima williams. Okay, somebody on youtube i guess shot I didn't bother watching it, but in some manner created a sequel, Remo Williams, The Adventure Continues. Really? Yeah. Did, how is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Um, well, here's the, here's the thing. Okay, it's uh, Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins, came out in 1985 uh, and immediately flopped because it was sort of designed to be sort of a blue-collar Bond sort of thing. And it's based Red, on white a white and blue collar James yeah, Bond. Yeah, directed by the guy who who directed four of the seventies Bond films that including, nobody likes. No, he did Goldfinger. He Goldfinger. Yeah. What? And Live and Let Die. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was say okay, all right. Uh, and but you it's, would have no clue. Yeah. But it's that also the director of those movies has anything to do with yeah. Remo Williams. Well, here's the, the thing: it was the, the guy that wrote this, Christopher Wood, also wrote Live and Let Die and Moonraker. So the Bond pedigree is hardcore. It was yeah. put out by United Artists, which at the time owned the Bond movies, the rights. And so they made a very concerted effort to say, hey, we're going to make this Bond thing, American Bond, And happen. based on a book series. Yeah. Which is like a- could draw it's a, from. Which is like, it's The Destroyer is the name of the series. It's got like 150 books in it. Like Walter Murphy and Richard Sapir, I think are the authors. Uh, but that they take the nugget of the pulp novels as far as the idea and didn't do anything else with it because the novels are fucking violent they've got <laughs> sex there's just it's it literally is None like of that appears in this movie i know at all the movie yeah. is this a very movie, sanitized version makes its whole statement at right from the beginning so here comes our our Americanized James Bond knockoff. We're going to make the most boring possible credit <laughs> yeah, sequence basically. we can come up with. Like the worst music. No, I mean, James Bond movies, credit sequences are kind of a thing, right? Yeah. No. This is yeah. just yeah. Wrecked. The one just thing yeah. this is missing from the Bond pedigree Chris mentioned is some broccoli production. There yeah. is no broccoli actual, anywhere on here. <laughs> actual story. So here's well here's the gist for people that have still have no idea what we're talking about. It's uh it starts out with a a cop in New York who's an ex marine, uh and a porn stash. Well, yeah. in the movie he's got a porn stash. I don't know about the books. 
Uh, this is not, I don't care what the books are. They can't possibly, if the books had action or plots or they characters do. or they do. insects I've, or anything interesting at all in them, yeah. this movie isn't I've, that. I've read, so. the, I've read some of the books and I'll tell you right now, they are infinitely more entertaining than this thing. But basically it's uh, the cop gets uh, injured, almost like killed. Basically they fake this cop's death by a secret government organization called Cure. Uh, so that they can turn him into an anonymous assassin oh, to do their oh, wait, bidding. Wait, wait, wait! No, no, he's he's fake. His death is being faked, but he's been set up by the people who who want him to be in yeah. cure. And you know yeah. you're in a fantasy straight away because before he even gets killed, you know we're in a fantasy because our white cop in in New York uh, is super violent and doesn't read anybody their rights or anything. But he does it in defense of the black guy. <laughs> so yeah, you know we're so, we're. Our, we're in crazy world already. Yeah. You know, well, in, so, in the okay. movie, yeah, in the movie, he's just a cop eating his donuts and hamburgers and drinking his coffee in his squad car alone near the Brooklyn Bridge like, somewhere <laughs> for whatever and reason. And when he sees trouble, he doesn't call for backup. Yeah. He just goes in and starts beating shit up, beating people yeah. up for no fucking reason. Uh, so he, he prevails finally in this really protracted fight scene that... Uh, is really the only action in the movie <laughs> more or less like nothing happens for another hour but <laughs> and then he, he's exhausted he gets in his car has a sip of coffee and then this armored vehicle shows up out of nowhere and pushes gonna, him into the river we're not gonna beat by beat this whole film are no we? no but but this <laughs> is the set two or three beats <laughs> yeah. it can be but done. this is but this is to set it up so yeah he's, so basically is this cop with this mustache played by fred ward uh who he of uh time rider fame he'd already been in like uh Write stuff as Gus Grissom. Time writer. Uh, I forgot all about time yeah, writer. Yeah. So Fred Ward's got this sort of rough and tumble man's man thing about him, but sort of in a goofy way. I think he's a he's a fair choice to get that sort of thing across. <laughs> now, so my wife saw the the splash card on Amazon Prime. It was just a picture of Fred Ward with the title of the movie. She's like, Oh, that's our hero. Oh, I already hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So then uh so then he wakes up in the hospital and there's a nurse shaving him and it's basically still Fred Ward, just no mustache. And you're supposed to believe that he's had plastic surgery, etc. So yeah. already it's like here's your thing. If you're making this movie, okay, first of all, cast a different actor for that opening sequence so that you can get away with a it's a different face because otherwise i'm not buying it i mean that porn stash yeah is pretty you know yeah so then yeah like glued on too it was a bad makeup yeah <laughs> so then the guy that actually drove the vehicle pushed him into the river shows up mccready mccreary whatever his name is who mm-hmm. is jay preston who would later be the judge in few good men presiding over the case so that's always a fun tidbit uh and he's got like a well, you find out in the book he's got a hook for a hand, but in the movie he's got like you find out he's like a fake arm, uh, and then gives him Fred Ward's character his name Remo Williams based off of what he read on a bedpan. Yeah, he's named after a bedpan. <laughs> so yeah. Now, could we have named other characters after gross things? Like, could we <laughs> have sure had a woman could. named Eve Summers or something? Yeah, you know, I'm could. sure we could. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that sort of sets the the premise. We want you to be are an assassin for the shadow organization and if you don't we'll fucking kill you that's yeah. the you that's start the monday gist. now here's a handgun go do a thing and it's still by tonight. the way yeah. in in this movie we're the good guys yeah some right yeah when you get like wilford brimley that's my favorite wilford brimley just sitting in front of the computer the entire fucking movie just tapping keys and watching what appears to be like msn.com getting news stories and text whatever it's just so dumb 
so then they yeah they so then they send Remo to take care of a guy as his first assignment, and this is where the movie starts to get really fun. Uh, because no, no, this is where the movie gets <laughs> yeah. even slower and more boring, but and offensive. Yeah, this is the thing. It's like I, I think we need the the bumper coming up uh, because uh, this is like whitewashing to the nth degree. Because you find out that his oh, mentor, yeah, the guy okay, that's so going to train him, in this, this shit is racist. This shit is racist. <laughs> uh, so it's like a little Oriental man from Korea. To use the parlance of the movie. Or, or, or as we like to say, a little Korean man. Yeah. Uh, uh, to, tr- yeah. to train him in the ways of, uh, what is it, Shinjuku or whatever? Basically yeah, the, the, the mother of all Korean models. martial art despite, of boring the shit out of the audience. And despite the presence <laughs> of Kate Mulgrew as the movie's female, this yeah. is really a romance uh, between Remo and, and uh, Korean Chun. man. Yeah, I mean, Chun oh, it's also, in the end, they ride off into the sunset together yeah. and leave Kate Mulgrew on the shore. Um, yeah. Yes, but here's, Kate Mulgrew, it's also super sexist, by the way, when we yeah. get to Kate Mulgrew as, as major <laughs> yeah. bitch or whatever her name was. But this, yeah. is, the, this is the thing uh, with Chun. Okay, so in the novel, uh, the first book created the Destroyer, Chun shows up for like 20 pages out of like 200 something. He's barely in it. And it's like this crash course training session to teach Remo some of the basics on how to be this assassin. I guess as the books progress, they, they develop more of a camaraderie. Uh, but in the, mov- in the movie, uh, he shows up. He's like, you got to kill this guy. He goes into this New York apartment and there's Chun just sitting there eating his dinner. And like Remo walks right past him like he's just nothing, like he's just garbage. Uh, like, oh, this can't possibly be the guy that they send me to kill. And then there's this whole like shenanigan scene where Chun beats the shit out of him. This is where you find out, why does this guy look familiar? Oh, it's because it's Joel Grey, the MC from Cabaret, a Jewish American actor who they've put Korean eyes prosthetics on, on and yellow face. He got nominated for an Oscar for <laughs> yeah. makeup for. So, yeah. So, basically, you got a white dude playing the Korean. And yeah. that's just... And doing oh. a stereotypical accent. You always talk like a Chinese fortune cookie. Chinese. The Korean is the most perfect creature ever to sanctify the earth with the imprint of his foot. It's not like this was, oh, this was another time. When this mm-hmm. came out, people were saying this is racist. Like, yeah, I, I think the rare. year <laughs> I think the year before this came out, uh, David Lean did a passage to India, and Alec Guinness played an Indian man, and apparently they caught just holy hell for yeah. that, and that role was reduced in the final film. So like this this time out, they come out, and it's Joel Gray playing a Korean man, and the producers just basically say, "Well, yeah, we couldn't find any Asian actors." Uh, so we just went with in Joel the Gray. entire world. <laughs> it's like that's so bullshit. It's, it's like so basically, uh, forget Korea, just Asian actors in general. It's like so at that point, Jackie Chan was still trying to break into the American uh, cinemas, and it's like you could have used Jackie Chan, you could have used James Hong from Big Trouble in China. I was gonna you say used... who was the guy who who was Lopan and in, yeah, that's uh, James Hong. Is that James Hong? Yeah, yeah, would have been good. Uh, you could have done Samo Hung. You could have hell. Mako. You could have even used Mako. You could have done Key Luke, who was in Gremlins, who was also the Kung Fu master in Kung Fu. Yeah, I think they uh, were actually literally said of... they couldn't find a. a, a <laughs> I, it, it, it really this. seems like they were thinking of Mako because everything in this is just you know mm-hmm. subdued and yeah. then as necessary violent. That's him. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just really just tasteless to the nth degree, and this, it's it's hard to watch now. This this though for the next hour or so, I think is the primary thesis of this movie, which is a vociferous defense of why training montages are actually good. Because their point is, <laughs> yeah. if we take the training montage that's normally like 30 seconds and we extend it across a whole hour... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, this movie good. is about the training. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you get to find out how Remo learns to dodge bullets. It's, you know, yeah. Ch- Chun makes him, like, jump on all these, like, uh, poles and things moving up to the loft in the apartment. It's, and it's, it's like essentially you- set up for all the sequels to follow. Like, they yeah. were so they were so confident. They actually called it The Adventure Begins, you know, and they part signed, one. They actually they signed, called it part one. They signed Fred Ward to, like, th- a three-movie contract. And then this thing tanked. And I don't think he made another movie until like big business two or three years later. But uh, the other thing that, that's that's of value in this sequence is apparently they inspired the Matrix. Yes, because you've got it's like, very Matrixy. Uh, Chin, what's his name? Chun. Chun. Yeah, I don't even remember his name. Chun. Um, dodging bullets. And then there's a sequence where they're on the rooftops running. You know, it's the ancient Korean art of balancing on things. Yeah. Um, and, but there's a scene where they're running on the rooftops and I'm, I'm pretty much ready for him to just turn with this bad, you know, stereotypical dialect and flee your mind and jump to the next building, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. Like when I was watching it too, I'm like, man, this is sort of like, uh, like TV gray production at this stage. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing on film that suggests that they actually had the $40 million budget that is reported to have mm. been the budget for this thing. I mean, it's and that's big- 1985. That's like insane. That's like $80 million. The big departure here is that between this and the Matrix is the Matrix is really good. Yeah. Yes. And this yes. is really not. And this and, is not. And I, I think this should be considered part of the uh, magnificently huge series titled Chris Hates Movies. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I love this thing when it came out for what, because I was like 14, but. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there like just, just it's just this interminable. And I, at one point, I just checked the counter on the movie, and it's like I'm 50 minutes in. Yeah, and I'm asking if the movie will have a plot or an inciting. Incident yeah, there's no, or there's nothing. Anything. When it's, does the adventure begin? It's yeah. literally <laughs> when does it begin? <laughs> like it's literally just, just yeah, an hour of them in this New York loft. Uh, which, you know, when you move into a New York loft, you think, hey, this is going to be great. But then you realize uh, there's no walls. Like, loft living sucks. Remo Let's be Williams, honest. The adventure eventually begins. Yeah. I was <laughs> wanted to say, I was eventually. like, I come out of this going, uh, Remo Williams, the adventure gets botched. Because it's just, like, what happened? Nothing happened. So literally, yeah, like, they could have taken the training montage and been done, but they stretch it out over an hour. You and know, it's like, I, I did have a good laugh, though, when in the middle of the, I don't know what we call it, not fight, but the, the, his, in, his incursion into the, the training facility, whatever, yeah. that he uh, 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 gets pulled up into the air by a, a, a surreptitiously cabled log. Oh, that's it's like, like the there's finale. a log. Yeah. That, yeah, but there's a log. That, that, that somebody put a, a drag cable on <laughs> yeah. that he didn't see. Some, some ninja well, snuck in there to like yeah. get this log. It's, Wh- yeah. what? That's sort of telegraphing the end, but it's it's a very tepid Oh, yeah, I'm, to- I'm, I'm shooting for the end as fast as I can. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to discuss. If you want to watch this piece of shit, it's yeah. on Prime. Go, go see yeah. it yourself. How, well, how do you feel about elevators? 
How do you feel about <sighs> lots of elevators in real time? Not let's get in the yeah. elevator and then edit and then we get out of the... No, let's take the whole ride on several elevators. La, la, la. That's this movie. Well, including elevators at the Statue of Liberty, oh, which yeah. is under renovation which in 1985. Is, well, this is the big set piece that everybody touts and it always floors me the further away from so the movie dumb. I get because basically it's uh, he's been... Uh, spotted by the baddies and they know who he is so they follow him to eliminate him and this is basically the action set piece where remo becomes remo and he gets to utilize all of these things that he's learned in that hour-long yes, <laughs> training sequence martial like, art of balancing yeah, on things yeah like when yeah. he was jumping on poles and stuff in the loft you're going hmm, i wonder if any of this is gonna come in handy later let's find out and then they go, <laughs> they go to the statue of liberty to train because uh, it's basically 1985. It's covered in scaffolding because it's being refurbished. Uh, so it's like the one point in history where you're not actually able to see much of the Statue of Liberty because it's covered in scaffolding. Uh, and nothing dates a movie quite like that. And I just well, think it's also like the glorious shots of the Twin Towers. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's but a, just, a lot of movies like but that. But the whole idea is a $40 million movie and their giant action set piece is centered around something that's a very minute space of time that's not going to have any relevance later. Like someone watching it today, 35 years later, doesn't know anything about <laughs> general history. It's going to be like, why the fuck is the Statue of Liberty covered in scaffolding? I don't understand what's going <laughs> on. I mean, it's literally that. Yeah. Uh, 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 but, and and then you know he he appears to have been killed and so all the bad guys were like cool let's leave let's not verify we're out of here yeah and then instead of making his escape he like goes to where the bad guys who were just gonna leave are and extends the sequence Ugh, it sucks it sucks well, it sucks I think yeah. like, I think what was really missing though was some Frank Stallone music while Daniel San beat up the rest of Cobra Kai because <laughs> that's what that basically was. yeah. Pat Marina could have done this as role. A View to a Kill, yeah. which did a similar sequence on the Golden Gate. And my God, The View to a Kill is suddenly better. Yeah. Ugh. It's just, it's so shot. It's got, basically it's TV production value is what's so weird about it. Uh, but I, I don't know. So they, whatever. So nothing they do this. happens and then a whole yeah. lot more nothing yeah. happens. And, and then, then it's like, there's a subplot where there's some sort of uh industrialist weapons manufacturer billionaire who is trying to sell shoddy weapons to the military uh that sort of somehow involves Kate Mulgrew's character there's and a there's a conceit in this film that this entire operation the of assassins is designed to uh, uh go after and kill uh, american uh profiteers basically yes. And well, it it begs the question, you know, to me anyway, why would we be spending this much money on weapons anyway? You know, but okay, fine. We're going to, we're going to just go after these specific group of grifters. And it's like, okay, again, if that's your job, why are there so many of them? You know, you can't be doing <laughs> yeah. a very good job. Oh, yeah, and he's been doing this for four presidents. It's like, badly, yeah. I guess. Well, it's just, a, it's a weird sort of uh, pale version of a Bond movie. And by that time, Bond had become just a caricature of Bond. No, Bond has action sequences. But that's what I'm saying. It's just things like, oh, this is <laughs> what... have action sequences. Yeah, but what, what would a James Bond movie be like? And then they say, well, okay, never mind that. Let's just 
do a, a hour long training session and then get on with it. And but they, bond, but they've bond got action sequences at this point are about as scarce. I mean, you yeah, know, the, it's the same thing because they're all practical. Effect. There's no digital. It's like the, yeah. these are all stunt, you know, pieces of stunt work. And yeah. if you can't, it's you know, ugh. you can't have something every ten minutes like you can now digitally because you've you've got to pay for it. Yeah, and you've got so to our, set up the shots, etc. Blah blah. Our blah. best action sequence is towards the end when Remo is infiltrating the the facility of our industrialist supposedly bad guy. And the real thing is that Remo Williams gets outsmarted by dogs. Yeah. It's, right. It suddenly becomes and the Doberman rats. gang. He gets outsmarted by rats, too. <laughs> Remember the Doberman gang at all from the 70s? No. Never, never mind. But no. there's like this whole thing where he's, you know, climbing and balancing on things. Yeah. And the dogs outwit him and, and keep chasing him around. Now, the dogs could have just, you know, barked, right, well, and drawn the attention of, you know, humans with guns. No, why would you but, do that? No, the dogs it's, instead are wily. Yeah. Um, but this is the thing. I remember. They're, they're I remember very this dogged dis- in their pursuit. Well, I remember this. Dis- oh, shut up. <laughs> but I remember this very distinctly from the first time I saw it, and it always sticks with me. Is that there's one dog that's just very tenacious. And so Remo gets up on a roof, and then the dog gets up on the roof and follows him. And then the only way out of the situation is for Remo to tightrope walk across a cable from one building to the next and then the next shot is the dog figuring out how to tightrope the cable and it doesn't make a lick of sense physically uh realistically i, I mean it's about like the dog the dog yeah. is so much cooler than remo williams <laughs> but i just remember i was watching this last night with my wife who'd never seen it before and she was sort of half paying attention playing some game on her phone but i said oh here's the good part she's like she spent there's a time but w- much better than we did. <laughs> yeah but she's like oh there's a good part and then <laughs> she no, looked up not. there's and then there's the dog doing the tightrope and she's like you know there's some movies where when you watch them you really understand why you don't like them uh that's where we are right now i mean it's just oh so so remo infiltrates the compound and he finds viger in there mm-hmm. and which promptly blows up for no reason yeah like my note is just why are things exploding and not only does viger blow up but like suddenly the whole facility is just blowing up in places well they do explain it was Do it a they? self-destruct mechanism? It was basically the, the that that was supposed to be the Star Wars weapon that this company was oh, right. uh, was saying right. works but doesn't work so that they could keep getting money from the government. Oh right, cuz all and their stuff blows so up. So they in just your face. had it enough okay. they had enough there for somebody, you know, to see it and then they blow it up and then they can say, "Well, we had one, but it blew up." I, see, I thought I thought V'ger just killed itself out of embarrassment for being in this movie. No, <laughs> but no such luck. Uh, but uh, then, yeah. So then, the, <laughs> and for some reason, McCreary is with him to retrieve information. He ends up getting fatally shot and left behind. Yeah, blah, yeah he blah, dies. Blah. And, and like Remo is all busted up, and I'm like. He was he was like a guy who threatened my life and named me after a bedpan to me, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, why? And he then was the, the guy who locked me into a, a shortened lifespan as an assassin when I could yeah. have been like continue you know, continue to be a cop eating hamburgers. Yeah. Instead and of then there's, rice. <laughs> oh, like we forgot the now. scene where Remo sits down with Wilford Brimley McCreary 
uh, and Wilford tells him that they all have a way out because apparently that's just a thing you do for an organization like this. And, and he like explains how Wilford would take a pill and, you know, he'd be that research manager dead from a heart attack at his desk. McCreary would like die in a haberdashery like fitting room from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Yeah. And then Remo basically gets to be put to death by Chun, uh, which sets up a, theoretically some sort of uh, thing. But no, no payoff. They do the final thing. They're at the military proving grounds. There's some sort of crooked general. And then they wind up chasing Remo and Captain Janeway around this mountain foresty wilderness. Uh, I mean, it's just description so, makes it sound so much more exciting and and pacey just, than it is. It's not, but you know, it, basically they're winding around in the desert. And then my f- my favorite favorite thing in the whole deal, because it just at that point says we've really given up, is that they steal a like a truck and they're driving these mountain passes, but the truck doesn't have any brakes. And so Remo and Janeway jump out of the truck. And then apparently Chun is still in there. And then it literally like rolls down the mountain, like crushed, rolled, smashed, destroyed, crushed, rolled. I mean, it's just egregious, the shot, like falling it all down. uses of of the words (laughs) crushed and rolled. Yeah. I mean, it literally like all. So then he's like, oh, no, not Chun. He runs down the mountain and then like rips off the door. And there's Chun just sitting there making some wisecracks about how American cars are shoddily made. It's like... (laughs) Come on. Apparently they're made real well because you survived that crash. Yeah. That's some engineering. Come on. And then that's where he makes some very overtly sexist remarks about women and Janeway sort of like whatever. Specifically sexist. That was actually one of the more disturbing parts of the film is okay, Janeway is is a a, a major in the army. She's Mm -hmm. doing her job, basically chasing down the same kind of graft that you know these assassin people are. Yeah. And every guy she runs into either, like, sort of demeans her or hits on her. Uh, What's the matter? I can't get what I'm looking for. I hate to hear you say that. Why should the harp DBA cost 62 be restricted? Well, maybe you've got cold hands. Allow me? See? Do I sense frustration? I'll bet you've had a lot of experience at that. If I continue to stroke these little keys here... You might stunt your growth. No, Lieutenant. I'll seek satisfaction elsewhere. And Mm -hmm. she's putting up with it, you know, she's hanging in there. She's getting her shit done, and she's, you know, she's not passively taking it, but she's not, you know, she's getting on with her day. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. She's actually um, kind of modeling how to deal with overt sexism and still yeah. succeed in your career. She's she's actually a a, a pretty decent feminist character in exactly. a sexist movie. Until they and, stop making her that. And, well, okay, now where I'm going with this though is that the you know, she runs into Chun, who then taps her wrist with his weird Korean foopy foopy stuff after saying basically all women should be barefoot and pregnant and why Mm -hmm. is this woman still talking at me you know like 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 she's a dog and he gets the last word by giving her a little tippy tappy on her her wrist and making her pass out and that's sort of the end of the conflict i guess i guess sexist asian man wins well the tippy on the wrist was supposed to be how to drive a woman to ecstasy according to an earlier scene right and and so she kind of orgasms into into passing yeah. out and then he makes a comment about how 
like blissful it is to have the women be silent. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah, director in the director's shitty. cut it was uh it was him and, and Jamie going, Money makes the world go around, the world go around, the world go around and they did a little cabaret. Joe Gray was in an episode of Voyager. Yeah. Yep. Where he was they, everywhere. Yeah. No, uh, with Jane White. Yeah. 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 But, and there was uh, also just before that there was there was the scene where whatever they fall down the hill and she tumbles into Remo's arms and makes googly eyes at him. Yeah. Completely out of it's character. Just, it's just awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. at that point they'd obviously just given up because as Eric telegraphed earlier, it's like Remo winds up falling down the mountain and then ends up on a log that is somehow attached to a cable. I mean, I know that's how they, <laughs> they, they, they run logs down from a logging camp, but you know what's usually around that? Loggers. A logging camp. <laughs> like, yeah. with Did loggers. desert a few yeah. minutes ago? <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, come on. So, yeah, it's so then like, it's like this it's whole... It's more like they, they went in with the cable... Uh, they they painted the the cable works that haul it sky colored so you can't see it. They attached it to a log, and then they went and they hid behind a bush and said, "Let's wait yeah. for somebody." <laughs> and and sure enough, Remo like like runs and jumps and hides and yeah. lands on this log, and then whoop de doo they they, yeah. they haul him up. Ah, uh, yeah. So basically, that's the 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 big scene at the end is they're shooting at him on a log. Uh, and then he he triggers an Ewok trap, which rolls yeah. into their truck, and that was them. well done. That, that, <laughs> That's that, a good they, shot. I'm I'm glad that those loggers were like like careless enough to put <laughs> the collection of logs next to the road <laughs> yeah. directly in the path of the sky hauling logs. You know, in case one of them snaps loose, it can hit that that pile and hit the road and kill anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I, yeah, and then that yeah, and then that's not thinking. that's not too yeah. There's a lot of coincidence at work in the these ninja loggers set pieces. I yeah. think that's the, <laughs> the the nice thing you got to say about about digital action sequences. They're so easy to throw together, you can actually think through the logic of them. Yeah, not to hear because at the yeah. end, basically the baddies get killed. Blah blah blah, and then Chun shows up out of the woods. Oh, no, uh, he has to walk away from an explosion. Don't, that's okay. no blah blah blah. We have our okay. one shot. Oh, that's right. Of he like being badass walking away. <laughs> that's from right. He rubs like a a couple of twigs together with his fingers and sets them on fire. Like learns how to do that, uh, and then blows up the, the jeep and kills the dude. Uh, and then at the end, the army has come in and surrounded him at the lakefront when they're about ready to get on their boat. But Chun can't get to him, and then does his run across the water Jesus thing. Uh, and everybody just stops and looks. I'm like, why doesn't any one of these guys just take a beat on Chun and just <laughs> like shoot him? Bam, because they're done. All movie over. That he can uh, walk on water or yeah. run on water. No, even though, he, shoot and Jesus. his his yeah. run is pretty funny. His run yeah. is, you know, but yeah, this this it proves though that this whole movie is really a love story between Remo and Chun, right? Well, <sighs> It's they definitely have a rapport that builds in the novels. Uh, oh, but Shun yeah. is no. negging Remo the whole time, and Remo is just eating it up. <laughs> He's loving, my my you point know. is, there isn't a relationship with anyone else but these two. Right. Not that no. they, it's such a great no. love story, but it's a love story because they yeah. end up together, and Janeway well, is just sort of on the beach going, eh, What are you going to do? Well, I mean, you know, it's a Dick Clark production. What do you want? I'm Jesus. not criticizing it. I'm just saying you can't deny it. 
Well, nope. uh, that's what it, that's what the script, that's what's on the page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. The movie uh, was supposed to be this big to do, came out with a flying thud at the end of 1985. Uh, came out like October-ish. There's uh, a reason I didn't go see it. It looked dumb. It looked Well, boring. yeah, I didn't. I didn't I see it until right. I didn't see it until home video, honestly. I so I didn't go either. Reasons. I think that you know what we we probably should have instead of going through every moment of this monster. <laughs> yeah, we should have probably gone with exactly how many different things contributed to this thing being a failure because you have to actually see it for yeah. it to fail, right? Well, it's it's not I like d- like everyone in in the world saw this movie and said, yeah. Like, I think, think it's it a, because a Fast didn't and Furious movie. Yeah. Instead, this had things like, well, let's see. The, na- the, the main character's name is Remo, for Remo. some reason. They yeah. have the gall to, sh- <laughs> to call it The Adventure Begins, because yeah. we're going to be seeing more of this feller. Well, in, in the UK, it was called Unarmed and Dangerous. So take that for uh, what you will. That's worse, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it just it suffers because it doesn't have any fucking plot there's no story it's just oh we took this nugget of an idea uh guy getting trained to be an assassin by this korean fellow uh i think we're good eric's point there's a reason why i wasn't interested yeah in seeing it at the time it's not like there were you know it's 1985 it's there were movies but this one came out and had a bunch of marketing behind it i was like pass yeah, well, this is the period when the Atari 2600 was still a big deal because of the cover art on the box of the games, right? Like, yeah. the games sucked, but the cover art is what sold it. This had, you know, an unknown actor named yeah. Remo g- gripping to the side of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, like, in, yeah, in, they in, didn't know how to sell it. In the, 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 the freshman adventure of Mr. Williams. Well, here, here's what I think. Uh, one thing that probably contributed more than anything is the fact that it was released a, a week after Commando. Ah, and, okay. and it's already 1985 <laughs> where you've got a year that has been full of just big time action movies. Uh, like View to a Kill had come out, as Brian had said, but then you've got, uh, you know, Fright Night had come out, which is not an action movie, but that was sort of a big to do. But it was also the year of Big Trouble in China. Mad no, Max that was eighty six. Was it okay? Yeah. Well, then you got Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, okay. You got. Uh, well, you yeah, got Silverado. Back to the Future was uh, at some point. Yeah, in Back to the Future. You got Silverado. You got Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Uh, you got Code of Silence with Chuck Norris earlier in the year. Hell, you've even got Jim well, Cotta. Wouldn't you also have Never Say Never Again? Wasn't no, that? that was eighty. That was eighty three. That came out the well, same year as uh, Octopussy. Octopussy. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so, but I think the main thing is that it came out a week after Commando, and Commando is such a better movie because it knows exactly what it is, whereas this one, I don't I'd think has any. Commando is about as montage. I'd say, I'd say Commando is equally shitty myself, but, but it's but got it's better way... production value. It's got that Joel Silver magic behind it. Well, that's what I'm saying, is it knows what it is going in and doesn't really try to reinvent the wheel but it also doesn't try to do anything out of its realm whereas Remo Williams just I don't know what they're, they're trying to accomplish because it just they they don't have any story beats it's just like they that's, do a thing and then it's just 
dead in the water and then it moves on to something else that doesn't go anywhere right just, right ugh. that's that's i think the their conceit is what killed them the adventure begins yeah. they're playing a yep. long game we're, mm-hmm. we're not we're not going to tell you you know a complete story we're going to set you up for complete stories announcing yeah. the remo williams cinematic universe yeah <sighs> it's like well, they could have they could have you know pulled a robocop and told a complete origin story but there no. i think if you think of it there's 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 kind of a a funny thinking here origin stories are always the most interesting so maybe they said so then let's make this whole series the origin story so that it's never not interesting <laughs> but in Whoops. fact they just drag it out so far uh, that there's well, nothing interesting brian did manage to find the clip uh because it did they they did try to make it into a tv show a couple of years later yeah another yep. dick clark production uh but it never got past the pilot stage for good reason <laughs> uh but that one is interesting because instead of Joel Gray playing a Korean man, you've got Roddy McDowell playing a oh, Korean man. Yeah. It's like, what kind of Charlie Chan motherfucking shit is this? It's like, let's just find another white dude to play the Korean. It's like, what is wrong with you people? Is this and Dick Clark at the top? The Korean martial arts, both in the movie and the TV show, there's like cartoon sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if I, I watched. I heard a horn honk once. Yeah. I watched that whole pilot this morning. Just to do it uh and it's just flat i mean it's like i don't know if it's just because it's a tv pilot but i think it's just the whole concept in general that they were working with just is flat you, you say you say i managed to it. find <laughs> I, gotta, yeah. I gotta tell you it managed to find me it googled i you. had i had watched <laughs> remo williams the adventure begins on amazon prime yeah and then i flip over to youtube and mm-hmm. there it is in the recommended videos. Bam. Hey, would you like to see this clip from Hell yeah. Williams? Hell now, I yeah. think the real reason is I said something to you guys on Google Hangouts probably about it, and then that fed into well, my YouTube yeah. searches, but that was creepy. Yeah, but that one is just weird because it's Roddy McDowell playing a Korean, which is just off-putting on multiple levels. I mean, that's worse than Roddy McDowell in ape makeup from Planet of the Apes. Uh and yeah, like you the, should you should get a real ape and not do this cultural appropriation. Yeah, and then like the big uh, fight scene in the middle of the thing, which is part of the isn't this funny training? Is that Chun like knocks over a bunch of biker motorcycles while they're on the beach, and he basically forces Remo Williams to fight them, but it's on the boardwalk, so Remo Williams is wearing roller skates. So basically, Remo beats up like twenty bikers wearing roller skates. <laughs> it's like then they play it for laughs. And it's just like Who, what in the playing fuck? Remo Williams in this? I have no version? idea. Some I don't know. Some actor some I've never rando. heard of before. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's just uh, fucking awful. But I'm watching the show, going, you know, this makes me want to watch Chuck. Really, I can watch the same thing that's better with something like Chuck. Uh, uh, but you know, ugh. but uh, that led me to, and I think I shared the clip with you as well. So it's a Chuck directed by Neil Patrick Harris of Voyager. Boom. <laughs> Tom Paris. Tom Paris. Did either of you bother to watch the raucous Tommy Shaw video with the theme song? I, I, I did. Okay. No. Tom, Tommy Shaw on the fake <laughs> Statue of Liberty place. they set up in Mexico for the shots to make it yeah. look like this walking around on the arm of the Statue yeah. of Liberty. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a rockin' song called Remo's Theme. 
paragraph, what if. so bad and it doesn't have any connection to the movie whatsoever apart from the fact that he's singing about a guy named Remo and doing the video on the Statue of Liberty and it was so bad I guess they didn't even bother to put it on the soundtrack so Tommy Shaw had to put it on an album that he called What If that came out like a year later (laughs) What (laughs) If Tommy Shaw had a career outside of Sticks and and Damn Yankees No I think he's a a Marvel fan he's hoping to Mm -hmm. get in the the What If movie they're making Uh, But yeah to me I'm like I watched the video and I hadn't seen it in decades and I thought oh was this the moment when Tommy Shaw went you know I think I'm going to call Ted Nugent up so we can do some sort of rock because my career is just not happening right now (laughs) So Fucking damn Yankees. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing, just from start to finish, is just... Uh, ugh. Yeah. So, this was so boring. Now, I'm ha- wait. Now, but, but, but here's the thing. You th- they made a TV version of a movie that already sucks. Were you expecting to, to mine some nugget of gold out of that? Because <laughs> Oh, no, no. But they, as, they pretty as, much could have called that show Remo Williams' yeah. Adventure? Yeah. But this is the thing, as I think I've proven on this show repeatedly, I'm a bit of a completist when it comes to series, uh, so I kind of just had to do it, you know? You need to, you need to, you need to, to start looking into some things that are not awful. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, expand those horizons, sir. Hey, Chris, can we tell you about things that were produced after 1989? <laughs> I've seen plenty after 1989. I'll have you know I watched part of the Highlander TV show for our Highlander show a few oh, weeks gee. back. You know, uh, you know, there's, there's this, this William Shakespeare guy, he wrote this thing called Coriolanus. It's cool. It's got, like, armies. <laughs> And like fighting and junk, you ought to uh, check that out. It's man. it's kind of a decent actioner, but okay. it's it's not poorly done. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Chris, you know that that actually was one of the other things I said to my wife during watching this movie, which was, "Wow, Highlander is better." Yeah, <laughs> like, mm, right. Highlander well, just improved by me watching this movie. Well, if you'll remember from the time we did the Highlander show a few weeks back, I mentioned the fact that Russell Mulcahy was going to do the final fight sequence on the Statue of Liberty, but Remo Williams had already come out, and they went, ah, hmm, hmm, maybe not. So so (laughs) then they had to find a different ending for Highlander. So you can thank Remo Williams for that, because I don't really know how that would have worked. It would have been awful. Remo Williams. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. So So, uh, Tommy Shaw, take us out. Really, <laughs> good lord! This, I feel like is... I feel like I've been like like beaten unconscious with dildos. You know, right. somehow it's like <laughs> I'm just huh, huh, why? So oh, do you do you still maintain this is better than Buckaroo Banzai, Eric? Or are you yeah, just I do. Being a shit? I don't like Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> I don't oh my god! With you. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I think I think Buckaroo Banzai is like intentionally wow. over silly and. Uh, yeah, okay. this, I will never but, but, watch Remo Williams again. But I absolutely at might the watch same time Bunker I remember again. this. I think better, but at the but I was also like what, eleven, twelve? I can't remember. Fifteen. Fifteen? Oh, even worse. Yeah. yeah. No, but but yeah, this is about on par with with Buckaroo Banzai, which was also the adventure begins. Okay. 
Well, that, that is true. Hey, anyway, <laughs> uh, this is the Magnificently wow. Huge Podcast. We we do this to ourselves every week, and we we do nostalgic stuff, and we complain about it. And uh, you can you can follow us on Twitter. We're at MagHuge. Right, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can rate it and share it on all your other social feeds. You can follow us on Facebook with Magnificent Huge Podcast or uh, go to our webpage, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. You can find all of our old episodes there and also a link to send us an email, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com and, and help, uh, help Eric... Uh, feel like there's somebody else in the world who thinks Buckaroo Bonsai is better than, than this piece of shit. Tell us what kind of shows you'd like us to make because we do yeah. take requests and if we don't get any, we do awful shows like this. Yeah. So if it, this show isn't up to snuff, it's your fault. But also just just yeah, just let us know what other movies that uh, we can watch that are enhanced by their inherent racism. Thank you. <laughs>